Hello. Hi. Welcome to Drinking the Kool-Aid. Welcome. I'm Megs. I'm Hannah. And today... <laughs> I wondered how you were going to lead into that. Is an uber special treat for y'all. Oh, God. Don't call it that. Okay. Oh, no. Well... Surprise, I'm doing the episode. Whoa. <laughs> so I have no idea what it's about. Well, I but mean, we're all going to find out together. Yeah, uh, we sure are. <laughs> I think so, Hannah's even going to find out. Um. Well, okay, actually, I did so much flipping research on this one. Like, please, dear God, too, if you have any questions, ask them. Because, like, I most likely can answer it at this point. Cool. Um. You're like Watch. a guru. Now you're gonna like ask it like the questions that I literally can't answer. No, I think you're okay. <laughs> my um, uh, my brain's not like on fire today. Okay, so well, you might be all right. <laughs> I'll do my best. I oh man, this one has put me on quite the roller coaster. Not only because of the story. But because I almost gave up on this one so many times and not because like I and not because it's not interesting or something or it's not like absolutely crazy. It's because I screwed it up really bad. So basically what I did was when I started researching this, I there's we're going to be talking about um a couple of factories and there's three main ones. And I had not realized that I was combining two of them. So for, like, the whole thing, I had literally written, like, so many pages, and I accidentally combined them. Yeah. So I was very, very, very frustrated with myself, and I had also realized, so actually, I will tell you, I I read a book, guys, for this one. Whoa! You read a book! (laughs) I am never fucking reading a book for any story again. Uh, you're reading it for all of them is what you no, mean. No, I cannot. I cannot do it. I can't. I'm going to say huge, 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 huge kudos to you for being <laughs> able to do that shit. <laughs> I now remember why I hated book reports. I love reading. Okay. It's just something about retaining the correct information that I need and putting it down yeah. and not going too into detail but also, like, not following exactly along and, like, you know, all the different things that come with it. Oh, my God, it was hard for me. <laughs> it was very hard. I literally spent months on this. Yeah. So, <laughs> seriously, I don't know how the fuck you do it. I am amazed by it. Um, Actually, I have a really horrifying way of doing it. So, I obviously am writing my story as I'm reading a book. And then once I'm done with that, then I start researching outside of the book and getting all of my resources, like, from the internet. And I take all of that information and pretty much, like, mix it all into everything I got from the book. And then I get myself really confused. Okay, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, and it's um, a actual nightmare, but it's the only way that I can process all of the information. Okay, Again, kudos to you because holy hell, I don't know how you do it. I started on the internet and I jumped into the book. Yeah. And it, wow. Yeah, you you basically just like splice it all together. It was too much. And by the time you've mixed the book information and the internet information, there's literally no way 
that you, like, are following something precisely. Right. No, and that's very true. But also, like, just just doing that in itself. Imagine doing all of that and then realizing that you mix two of the things completely together. Well, actually. Have you done it? It's funny you say that. So there's a story that we have not covered because of this exact situation. Seriously? Uh, There was a listener who probably doesn't even listen anymore because she's probably mad at me. Um, sent me a lovely suggestion for a story, which I immediately started, you know, right in on, only to realize that I completely mixed everything up and there were two, like, killers that were being talked about in the same area. And I put all of the information into one person and then I was like, wait, what's not adding up here? Yes. (laughs) Uh, That is exactly what I did. So I promptly, like... Got rid of that. I was like, I cannot do this story anymore, but I do want to go back to it, so maybe I will. Okay, yeah, so that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And I mixed all of the names up and all of the company people, and I was so freaking frustrated because I spent so long on this one Mm -hmm. that I gave up on it. And then I came to a point where, like, I I reorganized a bunch of it. And it's like I was telling Megan beforehand, I said, you know, if there's any, like, name dropping that I do... That all, like, you've never heard that name, but I sound pretty confident in dropping it. Like, it should have been mentioned before. Like, I, I told her to tell me because I did my best to sort it out, but I came to a point where I was like, if I don't just get this out there, I'm going to keep trying to continuously fix this for eternity. All right. So I did my absolute best to fix it. If I mix some of them up, I am so freaking sorry. This I tried. This sounds exciting. <laughs> This one is a wild, wild story. Okay, Okay. so the book I read was by Kate Moore. It's called Radium Girls, and I highly, highly suggest you reading it. Awesome. Love books. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good book, and I loved reading it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I told you, too, one of the the problems I have is when a book um, goes back and forth, that threw me off even more. Yep, yep. So it was... It was a whole disaster. I think I fixed it as much as I can. Okay. To my ability at this point. Okay. Um, but yes, highly suggest the book. And then I believe it's on Netflix. Please don't quote me on this because I could be wrong. But there is a also a movie called, um, I believe it's also called Radium Girls. Okay. Uh, I'll have to look to make sure for the next part of this. But yeah. Um, it is actually pretty accurate. It's not like a documentary. It's like it's just a movie about it, but it's actually really freaking spot on. Like oh. almost all of it is pretty spot on for exactly what happened. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this one. Okay, so you know how sometimes we'll kind of like mess with people in the beginning and like we won't we'll just so we can like throw some sort of like twist in there later on. Yeah. I'm not doing that here. Oh, okay. No twists. I, no twists. I mean, it's a lot of turns in here but i'm not gonna like i'm not trying to trick anyone i'm just gonna give it all to you as straight as possible because this story is fucking wild and i cannot believe that i like did not learn about this in school i am 100 positive and i've asked so many people about it and maybe like two people knew what I was talking about when I when I referred to Radium Girls. I think like 40 months ago you asked me uh, a very specific question and I don't even remember what it was. So I'm going to learn it again. Awesome. That is perfect. <laughs>
Okay, so um, I'm going to tell you right up, right up front, uh, radium is radioactive element that glows in the dark because I am going to be using that word a lot. Love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe I don't love it. I was going to say, not the best choice of words. <laughs> um, No, I love that word. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Okay. You can love the word. I can but like the word, but I don't think I like what's coming. This No, you will not. And... I remember asking Megan, like, in the beginning, I was like, is this going to be, like, true crimey enough? And then I got through it, like, into it more, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This just keeps this story, I mean, wow. Um, Once you get me talking about it, you can't can't turn it off. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, radium, the wonder substance, liquid sunshine, Because of its success in curing some cancers, it was largely believed that radium was good for you. Doctors used it. Companies started putting it in their beauty and skincare products. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Some water had radium in it. It was called tonic water. Really? Yeah. Dude, this is... I'm telling you, this is wild. Okay. It was added to butter, lotions, milk, toothpaste, soaps, bug killers, powder, cleaner for furniture... Counter and tiles was used for constipation. People read about it in the newspapers and magazines and thought it could cure basically everything, including the elderly, by, quote, making an old man young again. I'm sorry, it can cure the elderly? <laughs> yep, by making an old man young Stop again. It. Oh, okay. yeah, no, they, I mean, it, it truthfully, like, was really a problem. Yeah. It, yeah. Doctors sold radioactive dressing and pills. People thought it um it actually had been predicted in the Bible that it's magic healing this magic healing drug would come around and then it could extend your life. Oh. There was radium lined jars that you'd filled with water, and the recommended daily dose was five to seven glasses a day. Wow. Radium jock straps and lingerie, because who doesn't want their shit glowing? <laughs> spa treatments and there is even a song called radium dance well yeah which honestly like we should almost link that in there just so we we can hear that sure (laughs) um i will say that a lot of these companies that claim to be adding radium to their products weren't actually doing so because it was ridiculously expensive uh they only claimed it was added but there were many, many companies that did actually add radium into everything. Um, an, an object like, quote unquote, a containing radium could cost anywhere from between 200 to 4000 Oh, so, so this is really expensive. Oh, yeah, no. And it's, it's a wide range depending yeah. on how much or, you know, how often you were looking to have it. Sure. Um, World War I caused factories to start popping up um, all over the U.S., and these factories were producing watch dials. These dials were typically for people in the military, and what made them so different was that they um, were painting the dials with a material containing radium, a paint called On Dark. This caused the watch dials to glow in the dark, which was helpful because... They didn't want people at war having to shine a flashlight on their watches in the pitch dark because that would give away their position. Oh, sure. So a lot of soldiers would wear these glow-in-the-dark watches in turn causing demand and production to go 
skyrocketing up. Yeah, I bet. It's actually like really intriguing to me. I would have never thought of that. No, it, like, it's pretty genius, honestly. It on it, it is like I mean, given not knowing how bad it was, of course, <laughs> yes. New factories opened up a lot of positions for jobs. This job in the in particular, though, was looking for women, and I hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I said women a lot in this because it. I just felt weird calling them girls all the time. Yeah, but actually, they like. Are girls. They're young. Okay. It was just hard for me to... So I interchange a lot. Okay. Just just a heads up. I think that's fine. So they did this because... Specifically because women have small hands, which made it easier for them to paint detailed work. It wasn't only watch dials they painted. They did clocks ranging from a, d- a bunch of different sizes. The pay was super good at the time, so this was turned into a really sought-after job by many, many women... And hundreds and hundreds of them were hired. The three main factories were established and located in Orange, New Jersey in 1917, Ottawa, Illinois in 1920, and Waterbury, Connecticut in 1920. And it's the uh, Ottawa and Orange, New Jersey ones that I ended up combining accidentally. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) So all these poor women who flocked in for a great job opportunity would later be known as, quote, living death victims, oh, ghost girls, and a lot of people knew them as radium girls, and a Chicago newspaper named them, quote, the Legion of the Doomed. Okay. Yeah, sorry, this took a dark twist fast. Yeah. I just want to make uh, sh- like it clear before we jump into the story too far, but once radium is in you, whether it be ingestion through the skin, however... It happens. There is no way to remove it. There is absolutely nothing you can do to get it out of your system once it's in your system. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, I, I guess I don't know about now, but then, right. like, th- there was literally once it, once you've had it, it's done. There's it nothing you can do. Days? Yeah. Ew. So, I know. These women at the factories uh, end up becoming so exposed to radium that, like, my mind actually has a hard time comprehending it. And I'm sure everybody else is this, too, once we start diving into this. Yeah. One of the many reasons that radium is dangerous is because it settles into your bones like calcium and makes your bones weak and brittle. Obviously opposite of calcium, but it settles into your bones like calcium does. And um, one of the most common things ha- that happens with this is honeycombing, which unfortunately is exactly what you think. Literal holes in your bones looking like honeycombs. Oh, my God. Ew. From too much radium. Okay. And obviously, yes, we do know that, you know, radiation can actually help cure cancer. But that's because it kills off the bad tissue, but also kills off the good tissue along with it. It doesn't just attack the bad. It doesn't pick and choose. It just goes straight for everything. Yeah. As early as 1914, some specialists knew that radium could be dangerous. When first used, it caused the bone marrow to produce extra red blood cells, in turn being good for the body. The problem is that gave the illusion, illusion of giving a health boost but the body cannot keep up with the overstimulation of red blood cells being produced. So instead, the blood cells are destroyed and cause mountains of issues. 
So uh, that was why it became so popular so fast, because it gives you that boost. And so people were like, oh, this is freaking awesome. But then there's the come down of it. Right. It'll cure me from being old. This is great. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in order to paint the clock dials, the girls were given um, the radium paint. And they were set up at long tables, basically like a lunch table, with 20 to 30 girls per table. They were given a flat wooden tray, paper dial, bleh, oh my god, I cannot talk, paper dials that were pre-printed on the background of the face. That was a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the numbers were left white for painting. They painted various sizes of clock faces, the smallest being a pocket watch called the pocket bin. That was three and a half centimeters across the face, making the smallest painting detail only a millimeter in width. Oh, my gosh. All of the paintbrushes were made of camel hair and really small, but the brush for the pocket bin was only about 30 camel hairs. 30 camel hairs, dude. I can't. It's like, what? Okay. I mean, I've never, like, gripped 30 camel hairs. No. But now I kind of want to I just know. to see. I feel like it's pretty small, It's though. really, it's very, yeah. very small. Okay. Knowing that, it makes sense why those dials were um, specifically, like, you know, like, the the more detailed ones were, were um, made for, like, the most experienced painters. Yeah, that makes sense. Every woman started out uh, painting the Big Ben, which was an alarm clock, and they'd progress down smaller and smaller to the more detailed ones as they got better at it. So they had uh, they had to paint each and every number individually. They did that using what they called the lip dip paint method. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. This is where it starts going downhill fast. <laughs> I do not like this. Okay. Tell me more. (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna. (laughs) These girls would put the paintbrush into their mouths. Oh, my God. Twirl it on their tongues and point it with their lips. Dip it in the radium. Paint a number. Put it back in their mouths. Dip it back in the radium. Paint a number. Oh, son of a bitch. And they would do that so they could paint all the fine details. And you know, like, what I'm talking about, too, when I say, like, you know, when, like, when you were a kid, did you ever, like, point the paintbrush before you started, like, painting something? Like, of course, you yeah. have to. It, exactly. Even with, like, a makeup brush, I will do that, yeah. you know, like, run my fingers across it and make it really flat or pointed in the direction that I need it to go. And so that was their exact goal, but they had to make it small enough so that it would be able to paint numbers. So, yeah. like, they were literally doing this constantly. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, so it's actually funny that you brought up what you just did with the the makeup brush because some girls use their fingernails to remove excess paint that Ah. would accidentally get on the dial. Yep. Or to flatten the brushes. Um, They were doing this for each individual number, and some painters could get a few numbers in before having to put it back in their mouth, and some had to do it multiple times per number. This method wasn't the main one in the beginning, At first, you got a small bit of water to dip the brush into, but, okay, so you know, like, when you dip a paintbrush in water and it causes it to, like... Expand. Yeah, it causes it to flay out. That caused too much material to be wasted in the water, according to them. Mm. So they took that option away and decided to be a bunch of douchebags and poisoned their employees instead. 
Okay, so wait a second. They don't lose as much when they're putting it in their mouths Correct. versus the water? Correct. That seems insane. Yeah, because it, it would it would flay out and make it go all over in the water. And so they decided that that was just wasting too much of their money and their radium. Gross. Okay. Yeah. Right, like I said, bunch of assholes who just decided to poison their employees instead. So yeah, just like don't give a shit. Yeah, so. no, <laughs> clearly <laughs> you have no idea how bad that actually gets. Oh goody, you are going to want to rip your hair out. <laughs> okay, just a warning. So these girls had a strict set amount of material, and that was all they were allowed to use. They were not allowed to ask for any more. So they did help each other out to keep one another out of trouble because you could literally be fired if they found out you were wasting paint. At the end of the night, they'd go into the dark room, brush off the radium dust, and it'd be swept up to use the next day in paint. Again, radium was super expensive, coming in at 120000 for a single gram, which would be about $2.2 million now. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay. Because at this point, it wasn't in products. It was actually just straight radium. Okay. You know, without, you know, taking the radium out of the equation, I do have to say that this job actually sounds kind of fun. Honestly, it it probably was. Because, like, as you're describing it, like, everyone just sitting at a table and painting, I'm like, yeah, I would have totally been on board with that. Right. And, I mean, I feel like it would pass, ironically, pass time very quickly when you're just painting clocks or, like, painting the numbers, you know, because you're so sidetracked and getting them perfect. I mean, I know I love paint by numbers. Those are cool. Yeah, no, they definitely are. So, I just feel like this would have been a cool job, but obviously... Very horrible. Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know now, yes. Yes. When they questioned if it was dangerous at all when the employees did, they were told it was perfectly safe and it would make them glow and look good. Oh, okay. Because everyone wants to glow. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I probably would have been into that. Yeah. I would have been like, shit, what? I get to glow? All right. I mean... We did burst open, open the glow sticks and pour them all over ourselves. I know. So yeah, yeah, we did want to glow. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I could see okay. why it was sought after. Yeah. So by mixing their radium powder, they would stir up dust that would go up into the air, onto the floor, their clothes, everywhere. In fact, they were exposed to so much radium dust daily that their skin, hair. Teeth, clothes, nails, everything would glow. Um, Women would wear their best or most fancy clothes to work so that when they went out dancing to social events or on dates, their clothes would be glowing. Okay, that sounds kind of rad. I know, right? (laughs) It would have been really cool. Yeah. And people would see, like, see them walking down the street glowing, and they'd be like, oh, they looked like ghosts, but this is kind of cool. I definitely would have been into this. I know. Same. Um, the, the glowing girls, like, were thought of super highly and known for being super lucky because they got to have this job and got to be the person glowing. And, like, imagine the attention that you would be getting if you were walking down the street like a giant glow stick Everybody else is looking normal, and here you come just fucking lighting up the night. I mean, I I could see it. It would be well, really cool. Yes, and, like, think of how much 
it takes, you know, how much is on your body. And obviously that costs a lot. So it's like, you're really expensive. Oh, yeah. Especially when your freaking nails and teeth are glowing. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. So these girls weren't only exposed by the dust and paintbrushes, though. They also got, um, they thought that the daily exposure of radium was healthy for them. So they applied it to their teeth for a radiant smile. Oh, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Use it on their skin, lips, eyes. Use it as makeup and nail polish. Some girls painted their entire bodies with it. Using it like party paint. You know, like the times that we've gone out and we've gotten like little, like, random stuff painted on us and, like, on our faces and stuff. That's what they were doing with the radium. Yeah. Dude, how would you sleep? I, when you're glowing all the time? Yeah. I don't that know. shit would wake me up for sure. How would your partner sleep? Because <laughs> it would be fine if it was me, but if it was, like, Isaac glowing, I'd yeah. be like, can you just, like... Can you turn that down? Not. <laughs> God, just go under a blanket or something. For real. <laughs> Um, so some of the girls like to go in the dark room and actually paint each other so that their entire bodies were glowing. They'd have parties back there. They'd sprinkle it in each other's hair, do designs, get it up super close to their eyes. Um, at that point, they were even eating it at their workstations. Not intentionally, but like when you're eating your food. Yeah, it's going to get on there. It's getting all over it. Dropping off of your clothing. It's a dust. Exactly. Um, some of the girls even brought little bits home at the end of the day and put it all over the objects in their house or, like, stuff that they owned just to make it glow like they did. Yeah. Which, of course, again, is I would think that was so this freaking cool. This so fun. Like, being in a back room, you know, painting each other. Right? This is fun. I know. I, I know it's going to be bad, but this sounds so, so bad. good. <laughs> I think that just makes it so much more morbid, too, because yeah. it really does sound exciting and like like mm-hmm. i said we've painted like we've gotten our faces painted with like party paint and stuff before and glowing paint we and sure stuff did. like that it was a blast it absolutely was um so the hiring age for these factories claimed to be 18 and up but there is more than enough proof that they were hiring way younger than that some as young as 11 sure so a lot of them were uh straight out of high school and the pay for these jobs was a lot higher than most places, which is one of the main reasons people thought the painters were so lucky. I mean, aside from the glowing. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they were in the top 5% of female wage earners. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Okay. So it was really big. Yeah. Um, Some of the most talented painters made even more than that, um, or made even more than their fathers, which... Whoa. Yeah, at that time is Whoa. actually crazy. Like, basically unheard of. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't, I mean, at that time, women, like, women in general just did not make anything near what men were making. So for them to or, be like, making more than their had fathers. jobs. Correct. Exactly. So yes. So that is insane. So they could actually make up to um three times as much as the average painter if they had a lot of experience and were highly skilled in it. Um, Not only was the pay good, but some girls viewed this as their patriotic contribution to people at war because they're making a majority of these watches for the soldiers. Oh. So, like, these girls loved their job. Yeah. They were like, "We're, we're making our contribution, we're doing what we can for the country and for, like, the soldiers. 
we're making the money we need to, you know, to stay afloat. Like it was from afar, it was really freaking, they were set. It would feel really fulfilling. Correct. I yes. can see that. So the average pay was about one and a half cents per clock um, or per clock face. So some women averaging out about 200 faces a day, they take home about 20 a week, which would now be about 370. Um, the fastest painters would, of course, be the top earners coming in in the average annual salary at about 2080, which would now be around 40,000. Wow. Okay. Now, because pay was so good and they were thinking the radium was healthy for them, some of them brought in their whole families or entire sets of siblings. Sisters, moms, daughters, friends, aunts all worked together painting the dials, which is just knowing what's coming. It is so freaking sad that whole ass families were in there doing this together. I mean, I would have called you up. I would have been like, yo, same dude. This is so much fun. <laughs> right. And like when, again, when you're making good money, you're mm-hmm. like, hey, dude, get in on this. Yeah. I'm your in. Let's do it. I mean, how often do you get a job that you actually enjoy? It's not often. You know? <laughs> and that you so, make good money at. Right. I absolutely would call everybody and be like, you got to get in on this. I, I would honestly, too. Yeah. I would do the same thing. So, fun fact, because a lot of painters were teenagers, some would etch their names and addresses into a watch as a little message for whatever soldier ends up wearing it. And sometimes they'd even get a letter back from them, which is super, super cute for then. Maybe don't do that now because don't put your address on things. But, (laughs) like, I think that's the cutest thing ever. It is cute. Like... You're just doing your thing at work and you just put your name and address on there and all of a sudden you get a letter from some random soldier that's like off at war, like actually trying to communicate with. I just think that's freaking adorable. Yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, one of those message in a bottle type scenarios. It does. Yeah. So I'm sure you have very much so figured this out by now, but okay, most of these girls... Get very, 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 very sick. No, I mean, like I knew, but you were still still hoping for it. Yeah, still crossing your fingers over there. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and knowing all of that, one of the most unfortunate things is that it took a few years for the symptoms to even start presenting themselves. With many of them, our symptoms were so minor that they would have never been chalked up to it being work-related. So, like, it literally, because it it just took too long to manifest that it was a problem by the time people realized it was a problem. It was, like, way too late. It was way, way, way too late. Okay. By the time any symptoms come through, it is essentially game over. Yeah. Um, Another major problem here is that radium was still decently new at the time, and doctors did not actually even recognize radium poisoning as a thing, so most didn't even know that it was a possibility. So if the girls had some sort of weird symptom and chose to go to the doctor about it, their symptom would be chalked up to other things. It would also have been difficult because any symptoms that did not pop up at first were all different for the women, so it would have, like been difficult for doctors to even connect the dots because they're just there was a lot of them had different 
if anything, like a zit or something like that, that wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something a doctor would connect to somebody else's symptoms and be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely what this is when it didn't even exist. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, like, yeah, I even, I'm getting ahead of myself over here, but <laughs> it was, um, like, so what I was just saying, like, with the zits, and also, like, we're talking about, like, bones all of a sudden being easily broken, um, cysts, zits popping up in random places, toothaches, loose teeth, sore joints, teeth falling out, headaches, um, none of that would be something that a doctor would be like, Oh, yeah, for sure this is what this is, even though it doesn't exist and we have no idea anything about it. Yeah. This person has a zit. You've got a toothache. Definitely the same thing. You know, it just didn't. It was not something that was being added up, unfortunately. Sure, and obviously they're not all reporting it. No. So. No, because it was way expensive to go to doctors. So, I mean, it still is, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the amount of symptoms that went under the radar because of that, too. Of, of like, because, you know, it could have been possible that other people had those same symptoms, but they would have never known again because they didn't go to the doctor for them because they're like, oh, shit, like, I've got a toothache. I'm just going to have to get through it because I can't afford the doctor. Yeah. Well, and if it's something like you were saying, you know, a zit, you're not going to go to the doctor typically. For no zits. No, you're not. Unless something is, you know, way out of hand, you might. There were actually some girls who said that the paint made them feel sick right off the bat and left the job, and some that got sores in their mouth after only a month, but it was um most likely thought to be like a random reaction to something. Like they were just like, oh shit, like I must just be allergic to something in the paint and this is not the job for me. Okay, so it's like just me, not everybody else. Correct. Because I mean how again, how would you know that? Like when everybody else is totally fine. Yep. You're like, oh I've got sores, like I've got to be allergic to something. Like just you're like yeah. damn it, I don't get to be a glowing girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, it's either the sores in the mouth or I get to glow. Which one? Well, I don't know. I'd I would kind of want to glow. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. Of course. I mean, I I probably would same. I'd I'd power through it and be like, there's something here that I can probably fix to make my mouth sores go away so I can still glow. Yeah. <laughs> so um We're going to jump into a few personal stories. I'm going to start name dropping. Uh, There's a fuckload of name dropping in this one. So again, like if you forget who somebody is or you get confused on it at all or I accidentally name drop somebody, I didn't actually explain who they were. Just please tell me. Okay. (laughs) Just like. I'm just going to let you go. (laughs) Rude. You'll just be the little spinning top over there and I'll be like, good luck. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't possibly cover everybody's stories, so I just, um, I went into some of the main ones that had a big, that are really well known. Okay. But if I would have gone into the backgrounds of everybody, I mean, we would have been at this for like the next year. So. (laughs) I mean, so far, I'm kind of okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. All right. I suppose I, I suppose I could have, but no, we were, there's a lot, but I'll, I'll, um, we're going to do a couple like really important ones and we'll go from there. Okay. So we're going to start with, um, Catherine Schwab. She is a very important character. 
Catherine started at the factory in New Jersey at the age of 14, just shy of 15 by five weeks. She was a beautiful young girl with piercing blue eyes, was popular among her peers, really smart and a quick learner. Before she worked at the factory, she worked at, um, as like wrapping parcels, parcels in Bamberger's department. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why that gets me every time. So this job was like a, a really big step up for her, as I'm sure it was for a lot of them. Yeah. Her dream job was to work in a literary career. Mm. She started under an inspector apprenticeship. So the New Jersey factory had a government contract to supply luminous airplane instruments as the war raging in Europe caused sales to go up. They also made dials for ships and compasses. Um, Catherine would oversee plane stuff, making sure lines were 100% perfect, correcting minor issues, And with this actually came huge responsibility because these lines in particular had to do with planes. Lives were literally on the line if they got messed up. Yeah. Catherine um, was absolutely amazing at her job and soon became um, a dial painter. As As she was promoted, Congress voted America into the conflict of the war in Europe And they needed to bring in more girls than they'd had before to keep up with the sales. The factory in New Jersey that we're talking about was originally located in Newark. Newark, yeah. There we go. New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) And it was named Radium Luminous Materials Corporation. (laughs) They changed their name. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) Due to supply and demand during the pickup of the war, they moved to a bigger building in Orange, New Jersey, and changed their name to American Radium Company. They chose this area specifically due to there being a large amount of immigrant communities, as they provided work for numerous factories in the area. Once they moved buildings, they were able to have a dark room, do their own extraction, had labs, and their own processing plant. So this grew very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and and now like I'll be referring to it as as American Radium. There's later on when I'm talking about the other one, I'm just gonna abbreviate it because otherwise it gets super confusing. Okay. <laughs> um and business booming brings us to Grace Fryer, who was the eldest girl born in her family, fourth of ch- ten children altogether. Four boys and six girls. She was closest to her little brother, Art, and her sister, who was closest in age to her, Adelaide. She had brown curly hair and hazel eyes. She was known to be striking, but didn't really give two shits. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) She was all about living life and really career driven. She had a job um, making around the same as the painters made, but left that job to start at the factory because she lived in Orange, where the factory actually was located. She would eventually bring on her little sister, um, Adelaide, who um, I just mentioned a minute ago. She brought her onto the job with her, and Adelaide loved the social side of the job, which was a huge appeal to a lot of the girls, especially with so many being young. She didn't have the same um, work drive as Grace, 
and was fired for talking too much. So that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what would happen to me for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> for Grace, it started with a slight pain in her what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure where her what is located, (laughs) but tell me more about this, Hannah. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I, um, (laughs) I, when I was doing my notes, I I don't know how I never saw that I messed this up before, but... (laughs) I love it. I started. I said it started with a slight pain in her bag. Oh, <laughs> I was like, holy crap! Where is the bag located? That's a great question. <laughs> I, don't know I, I, I thought it was too. <laughs> holy shit! Oh my god, that almost took me out. <laughs> um, pain in her back. I definitely meant leg. Oh, oh, sure. I'm glad I know this story so well, or that would have confused the shit out of me. Right, right. <laughs> I was just going to start guessing all the body parts. Oh, we man. We got there. Oh, sorry. Okay. For Grace, it started with a slight pain in her leg. Mm, sure it did. <laughs> Not enough to be debilitating, but enough to annoy her and make walking uncomfortable. She had a few other aches and pains that had gone away on their own, and she'd been promoted, so it wasn't something that was, like, super priority. Uh, She figured it was rheumatism anyways. So she just kind of brushed it off and was like, well, what are you going to do? And I I mean, I brush off my back pain daily, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of things that I just brush to the side, and then I wait till it's, like, a real problem. Yeah. And then it's super hard to fix. Right. That's what I like to do. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, another girl hired was Edna Bowles. She loved music and was religious. She was taller than most of her coworkers, elegant, fair-skinned, with golden hair and a beaming smile. Um... And then there was Albina or, you know, I've gone back and forth if I should say Albina or Albina. Okay. Albina sounds right, right? Sure. Sure. I haven't heard this name before, so I'm not sure. I don't know why. That just feels right. Okay. So there was Albina and Quinta, um, and they were sisters. And they were sisters with um, somebody I'm going to be mentioning in a minute here who was Amelia Magia. So there's three of the sisters that were all involved. I want to throw this out there as a quick side note. The factories in other countries, including Europe, were not using the lip dip paint method. Uh, They were in operation for quite some time, used all different methods, but never any that required you to put the paintbrush in your mouth. But the girls in the U.S. did not know that. Of course. Naturally. Yeah, right? Isn't that nice? It is. So Catherine started developing pimples, which, of course, like we were saying, isn't that out of the ordinary, especially for a teenager. Yeah, I mean, all these young girls, that's what happens. 100%. I mean, it happens to everybody. I was covered. Yeah, it's it's like inevitable. So yeah. it's like it's it's not something that would cause an alarm to anybody. No. Um... But she decided to get it checked out by a doctor anyways, because they were getting a little out of control. 
So when the doctor came back to give her her results, he asked her if she worked with phosphorus because there had been literal changes in her blood. Oh. Yeah. So there was a well-known industrial poison that was common in, how did you say that word again earlier? Newark? Newark? Yep, Newark. Newark. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Uh, That was common in Newark. And he really thought she was dealing with that based off her results. But of course, she was like, no, I'm not working with phosphorus, so that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. So her doctor starts questioning, like, what the fuck are you working with that is causing you to have the same reaction as phosphorus would? Um, So Catherine starts asking around to see if she can find, like, out any information. She questions a few co-workers, and it started to scare some of them a bit because none of them knew what they were truly working with. Yeah. You know, they're being told that it's healthy and that it's good, but when somebody starts questioning things, you're like, oh, shit. What is actually in there? Right. Do I need to be worried? I don't know. Yeah. So one of them tried to talk to their boss, George Willis, and, oh, George Willis. He's a character. Hmm. He's, yeah. I'm going to like him, right? Uh Uh-huh. So much. So he came at, uh, who came out to the factory along with Von Sashaki. Okay. (laughs) Name is hard for me to get out, okay? Yep. Uh, He convinced the girls that it was absolutely safe to be around. And we will talk about those two guys a little later on. Just know they both suck. Okay. (laughs) But Catherine's skin cleared up, so everybody was like, no, we're good. It's no big deal. It was just... False alarm. Yeah. It was just something weird that happened. Okay. Amelia Magia, known as Molly, who was sisters with Quinta and Albina, um always showed up to work with a smile on her face and enthusiasm. She was one of the first to start showing symptoms, and it started with a toothache that bothered her enough to get it checked out. She went to the dentist, got the tooth removed, and returned back to work. Only problem was that the hole where the tooth was was not healing. Oh, and all the dust is going to get in there. Right, so she's just got a gaping hole in her mouth now where a tooth used to be that's literally not healing at all. Oh my gosh. And like, as you know, like your mouth is one of the fastest healing parts of you. Yeah. And anybody who's had a tooth pulled, you know that it goes, that hole goes away fairly quickly. It's like magic. It is very weird. (laughs) It's kind of freaky. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, But you know, hers just was not, it was not going away. So she was recommended a dentist that specialized in rare mouth diseases, and his name was, oh, shit. <laughs> no, that wasn't his name. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Oshit. <laughs> God, what is fucking wrong with me? Uh, I'm going to say Dr. Neff. Uh, it's just, there's a K in it, so it throws me off. Okay. Right? It's K-N-E-F. Cool. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of foreign names in here that I like have a I I did my best, okay, you guys. All right. <laughs> um when she went in, the pain in her jaw and gums had become almost unbearable. The dentist did his examination and found that several of her teeth were loose. So it's literally a nightmare. I mean, that's what I that's what happens in my nightmares. Yeah. Yeah, when like my teeth are loose and fall out. 
I can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> I've heard that that's a really common dream. Do you I not have that? Never have that one. Are you kidding me? Never. Oh, my teeth have fallen out so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And you would think by now, like, in my brain, I'd be like, oh, my teeth are falling out. This is a dream. But no, instead, every time I wake up panicking. Yeah. No, it sounds terrible. It's awful. Okay. Especially when I can't stop grinding them and then I, they just crack and I watch them cracking in the mirror and there's nothing I can do. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> um, her She was going to the dentist? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So she went in. Pain was unbearable. Uh, dentist did an examination, found the teeth were loose. Uh, she was treated. Oh, so he treated her for pyrrhea um which is actually pretty common what is pyrrhea i got you <laughs> it's okay. an infection in your gums which causes them to swell and can result in loss of some of your teeth if not all okay so there you go it sounds awful i know it does i do not hope for pyrrhea no i i know right and i did look up the pronunciation of that and that's what they told me it was so if i'm saying it wrong sorry (laughs) i did look it up though and that's what they told me that's what the google voice told me in the accent that megan gives it he went pyrrhea there you go that was dead on (laughs) dude that was dead freaking on (laughs) i've listened to those enough (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh, Molly kept having to get more teeth pulled as the dentist tried to stop the infection, but instead none of the holes would heal. Uh, so she actually got horribly painful ulcers that would pop up where the teeth once were. Oh, this so, sounds really miserable. It, I, yeah. It also caused like a bad smell on her breath. Oh. So she stopped talking as much because the pain hurt, like, was the pain was making it so she couldn't talk, and because she was embarrassed by the smell, and that's just so freaking sad to me. Yeah. Like, that you couldn't keep expressing yourself because you were scared of the smell of literal ulcers and holes in your mouth. That's so sad. You have no control over that. Nothing you can do. Oh, poor thing. So she kept uh, chugging at work, though, no matter how fatigued she was. But her teeth were to the point that they started just straight falling out. They were just piecing right out of her mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, they didn't have to even be pulled anymore. They were just coming out on their own. Oh, okay. Uh, She was getting aches and pains in her joints and random parts of her body. She had seen a few different people at this point, but no one could figure out how to help. And her mouth and jaw were literally disintegrating. So... The doctors had finally come to a conclusion in January of 1922. A young, single woman. Of course, it must be syphilis. Okay. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what that is, it is okay. a sexually transmitted infection that is bacterial and usually starts a source, progresses to rashes, it can lay dormant for years, and if not treated, it can get very serious very quickly, including infecting the brain. So, because a single young woman, she must have had syphilis. There's no other explanation. That's it. Naturally. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. So, Molly's test came back negative for syphilis. Wow, imagine you that. You don't say. <laughs> so, back to the drawing board. Dr. Neff came up with the idea that it might be something similar to phosphorus poisoning, since there's a similar condition called fossy jaw. 
the effects of the gums, or the, like, it affects the gums, teeth, and basically all this stuff that she's dealing with right now. Yeah. So, how gross is that fuzzy jaw? I just don't like that. <laughs> I don't know. When ugh. you said it, I was like, oh. It's, it sounds kind of jazzy. Ugh, I don't know about that. Maybe like a song name, Fossy yeah. Jaw. Or, or I was kind of imagining like the lights popping on and they're like, next up, Fossy Jaw. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um. So much like Catherine's doctor had thought that she like had a change in her blood. That's why he was thinking it's Fossy Jaw. So he's like, this has got to be it. But he did say that her breath smelled different than what you would associate with necrosis of the jaw. It had a bad smell, but it was just, it was different. It wasn't the same as what they were experiencing with the other side of it. Oh, weird. I know. Can you imagine having to stick your face in people's mouths to smell it? And be like, no, I don't think it's the right smell for this. <laughs> I would not love it. I really wouldn't. <laughs> no. Um, when she told Dr. Neff that she painted watches, uh, with on dark, which is remember what they call the paint, um, yeah. for her job, he went to the factory himself and tried to ask what they used in the paint. Like, kudos to you, my guy. For sure. He's doing it out there. Though, of course, they refused to tell him anything about what's in it. And they assured him that phosphorus was not used in the paint and that there's absolutely no way her sickness could be caused by anything at their perfect little fucking factory. Okay. You can see how I feel about this situation. <laughs> uh, her mouth continued to fill with sores to the point where she could hardly eat anymore. She was forced to quit her job to focus on trying to figure out what was wrong with her, um, aside, for the, aside from the rheumatism that she was struggling with, which was getting much worse. A little while passes, and Dr. Neff gives her a call to come back in so he could check her progress. Instead of showing up with progress, she shows up in even worse condition. She hobbles to the chair so that he can examine what teeth she has left. There weren't many. She motioned that one side of her jaw was hurting the most. He's super... <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm already cringing. He super gently reached in her mouth to see if he could find the cause of her um pain and... Her freaking jawbone broke off against his fingers. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Oh, my God. This is such a fucking nightmare for this poor woman. He literally reached in her mouth, grabbed the part of her jawbone, and removed it right there. No surgery, no, no numbing stuff, nothing. He just reached in and pulled out part of her jaw. Oh, my gosh. Because it had just straight broken. Um... That would be so painful. I can't. And so scary. Think about how bad a tooth hurts right. when it causes issues. Now imagine part of your whole fucking jaw literally just snapping off and being taken out of your mouth. No. Like, that's how bad those gaping holes have gotten because he could just reach in and pull the jawbone out. No. I, <laughs> I, I reject know. this. I know. I get it. I get it. So... Only a week later, her entire jawbone was removed, the rest of it. Yeah, I, by I him would figure. Reaching in and lifting it out. No, I do not figure. Never yeah. mind. Mm hmm. Just reached in there and pulled the whole thing out. So at this point, Molly was anemic, of course. Yeah, now what? 
Uh, she was continuously getting sick. She was tested again by Dr. Neff for syphilis. This time, though, the results came back positive, even though that wasn't what she had and unfortunately wouldn't matter much anyway, as removing parts of the dying bone was actually speeding up the process. No way. with her jaw randomly bleeding and her throat always horribly sore, she was just living in nonstop constant pain all day, every day. And that was it. What a painful and miserable existence for her. I can't even begin to imagine That's it. so unfair. Um, on September 12th at 5 p.m., Molly died a horrible, horrible death as she hemorrhaged so fast and so much that Edith could not stop it. As the disease had spread into Molly's throat, it had ate its way through her jugular. Oh my god. There was absolutely nothing that anybody could do. You guys, this all went down within a year, in case you're wondering how long this happened. It was literally all within a year. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. That's disgusting. Um, she was 24 years old when she died. Uh, doctors still being confused as to what happened determined her cause of death to be syphilis. Okay. Which just infuriates me. The fact that it's just because she was a single young woman and they're just like, well, we're just going to chalk it up to an STD situation. Like, fuck you. Right. It's because, like, they don't know. So it's easier to just be like, well, must be that. Move on. (sighs) She was buried on September 14th, 1922 at Rollsdale Cemetery in Orange, New Jersey, finally free of pain. Um, bad time to put in a fun fact, but Dr. Neff kept a piece of Molly's jawbone because he was so fascinated by it. Um, he grabbed her x-rays out of the drawer and kept it, um, like with the jawbone and lo and behold, her x-rays had become foggy. They were no longer clear. Which was really confusing to him because nothing was in his drawer that could have caused this. So he, like, he put the job, he went to put the jawbone in his drawer. Yeah. And pulled out her x-rays and they were blurry. And he was like, wait, what is happening? Interesting. But he did keep it. He just stuck that little jawbone in his drawer. I mean, I guess that's good. Like, he knows something is weird. Right. No, he definitely does. And so, with that and jawbones being stored in desks, I'm going to leave you hanging until next week. Why did I think you were going to start rapping? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, no. Nope, not rapping, but I am leaving you hanging. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Uh... I actually just want to hear the rest, so. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I feel every time you cut me off in a story, so. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Karma's a bitch, Megan. (laughs) Wow. Wow, Hannah. I'm going to slap you. (laughs) Okay. Well. Well, well. Now I'm the one getting warm. (laughs) 
I get it. I'm I'm definitely getting warm over here. Yeah, it's yeah. like you get really heated when you're in that story. You do because I just get super pissed off at a lot of the people in here. Yeah. <laughs> so this is crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Well, and we're taking it from crazy to like crazy town next week. So oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So everyone's gonna have to come back so we can all head to crazy town together. Exactly. Okay. Are you gonna do the ending? Oh hell no. <laughs> I've got, uh, I'm kidding. All right, make sure to um, like us on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> X. <laughs> that really threw me, okay? The stupid X threw me. And follow us on any of your podcast apps. If you love us. What? <laughs> your friends tell your cats i don't know give us a five-star review if you love us there we go give us a five-star review if you love us tell your friends (laughs) tell your cats um Um, bye bye. (laughs) worst ending ever (laughs) 